This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm holding a mic with my hands. All right? I see it. I see I'm it. doing what I can. I see it. Welcome to this emergency podcast of the Better Rivals podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, oh my God, it's a blockbuster pre-draft trade. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm in a closet <laughs> in, in Fort Worth. It's crazy. But with me this week, joining me in my makeshift studio, it's David Newman. Hello. We've got some stuff to talk about. We do have the things to talk about. Uh, so it, it is about 12 noon. I'm getting ready to leave to Fort Worth to visit my sister-in-law, her new baby, uh, my daughter's brand new cousin. It's great. I remember being a new parent not too long ago, nine months, wasn't too long ago. And all of a sudden I get, I I see the tweet that changes everything. (laughs) Adam Schefter says that the Niners are trading a first round pick this year, number 12, third round pick from the Salamehu thing. And uh, first round picks in 2022 and 2023. And all of a sudden, in the midst of packing, I'm like, oh shit, got to get an emergency pod ready. And that means I got to grab my board, throw it in there. I have a mic. I don't have a mic stand. Got to bring my computer. I got to bring USB cable. I don't know what to do with my body. It's crazy. It's nuts. And so here I am, literally in my sister-in-law's closet, which has pretty good acoustics, all things considered, sitting down, staring at a computer with David on it, uh, cracking a beer. Feel a bit like R. Kelly, not going to lie. I mean... I'm going to just pretend that that didn't happen. Uh, yeah, trapped in a shit. closet? Come on. You don't know the trapped in the closet song? The, the less about the, the the young child thing and more about the trapped in the closet. Yeah, Come whatever, on. man. R. Kelly comes up, I think, about peeing on kids, all right? That's just uh, <laughs> just what happens. Um, and I, I don't want to think about that at all. Um, wow. Yeah, this, I mean, so, yeah, as as all this happen, and is happening, like, and you're, you're trying to get ready, you sent me a text and was just like, we're getting Fields or Wilson. And I was just like, uh, what? Come again? Excuse me? Please explain. Uh, and then, yeah, you see, see the tweet. And, and um, dude, yeah, it's, it's um, probably the most excited I've been about a 49ers-related thing in an incredibly long time. I felt a bit like uh, Mortimer and Randolph Duke from Coming to America. You know, when, like, they just get a bag of money and they're like, I'm back. And I'm not even talking about the bags of money you get in NCAA recruiting when you go to Ohio State, right? I'm, I'm talking about just like the, the thing that just gives you life and brings you back. Uh, that, that's how I felt at this point because, we, I mean, we were going to look at quarterbacks this week and watch some film and kind of make up our minds on where we slotted them. But it was largely going to be in case we traded up, in case there was some, some draft day trade. And here we are. There is not even a draft day <laughs> trade, but a pre-draft trade which has me drinking a beer in a closet. So the, the first question, I think, uh, oh, one more bit of context to the kind of preamble to this. 
Apparently, Adam Schefter reported that the 49ers have been attempting to move into the top five picks for several weeks now. They discussed trading up with the Dolphins at three, Falcons at four, Bengals at five, and ultimately decided to go as high as they could. Uh, there were no trade-up talks with the Jets at two, probably because Shanahan and, and, and Sala said, like, yeah, look, you're probably taking a quarterback at this point. So um, that's they basically tried to jump all of them so they could have their pick of quarterback, which makes sense. So the first question I've got for you, David, is in case folks aren't following at home, why make this trade? Why do it now? Why do it this early? Why not wait until draft day to see what happens and see who falls? Why do you months beforehand make this move? Well, I think you you want the certainty, right? So I, I think, yeah, you're absolutely the only way that you're putting together this amount of capital to be able to move up and and take a player at number three is because you want to select a quarterback. So I, I think they're absolutely doing it to take a quarterback. And I, I think, you know, if if you're sitting there trying to get as high as you can, you know, that makes me feel like you have a finite number of players that you're comfortable with, right? I, I think everybody assumes that Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one overall to Jacksonville. But then after that, I think you've got, you know, kind of Wilson and Fields. And I feel like they must feel like, um, you know, somebody of the two and whether it's, you know, you, you obviously have Trey Lance there, you have Mac Jones, who I, I think will probably get into, um, it at some point here, but, um, the, the, you feel like you have to have, which is, is kind of the 49ers MO, right? This organization's MO is, is they kind of identify the guy that they want and they want that specific guy and they do whatever it kind of takes um, to get that player. And so I think that's why you're looking to move as high as possible as the certainty. You don't want to wait and see what happens on draft day. And maybe another team gets desperate and they offer, you know, more than you're willing to, to kind of come up with, to be able to make that same move. Like you get the certainty now going into it, that you're going to be able to get a guy that you feel comfortable with. And ultimately, while I still think this was a hefty price to pay, but a price that ultimately makes sense, the the certainty of having it, but also the fact that you're doing it when relatively there there are cool heads and not when things are kind of heightened on draft day, when maybe the guy that you want is there and you might get pushed to spend a little bit more or you get put in a fake bidding war. Uh, you basically get John lynched uh, when you're looking at Ryan Pace and, <laughs> and you get put into a fake bidding war with someone and end up giving more money than, you, than you're comfortable with. You avoid all that by doing it early. But I think when when you look at the package, though, you have to think to yourself, even if this is for someone like uh you know fields or even if it's for wilson is this uh or mac jones whomever the quarterback is we'll get to that whole thing in a second but whomever that is is this too much to pay are you in a position now where you think okay the going rate for quarterbacks has usually been you know the first round pick but then one more and maybe some other stuff they've given up three at this point first round picks net two really um, and and then a third round pick that was granted to them because the, you know they had some minority hires at this point. Is that too much in this case, or do you think that it's worth it given the fact that you're going to go up and get a quarterback? Yeah, I think it's absolutely worth it for a quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think yeah, you're really giving up two picks, right? You're giving up two first rounders because yeah, the the one is a swap. You're you're still keeping the pick, the right that you're getting now at number three overall. So, so losing 12 isn't, isn't a huge deal because you're gaining, uh, the, the slots that you want there. And, and then, yeah, like you mentioned the, the third round pick that they're going to lose is a compensatory pick that they got for free, right. That, that wasn't, um, something that they were initially like expected to have or planning to have, you know, until the, the round of coaching hires happened. So, um, yeah, I think you're talking about two first round picks and, and the fact that it's a quarterback, right. Changes this calculus a lot. I think, 
if you look it to, and I, and I haven't done this yet, but you know, I, in the past we've looked at, um, a lot of draft day trades through like, um, the football perspective calculator that's available there to get an idea of like value and how much teams are paying. But that assumes that every pick, right. That it, like it doesn't take into consideration who you're selecting with that pick. And, and I think there is absolutely, it's a different ball game when you're talking about selecting a quarterback. Um, actually had, um, Eric eager from PFF ran it through PFF's, um, trade simulations. And with the assumption in there, that San Francisco is going to select a quarterback at three that has them winning the trade 72% of the time uh, of the simulation. So I think that's the difference that it makes, right? As you go from what was, if you just kind of assume equal value among positions, yeah, you're, you're talking about giving up a lot, but if you hit on your guy at, at quarterback, right, if you find the guy that you want um, and he is the difference maker that you're expecting a top three pick to be, it doesn't matter. He, he's worth more than all of those picks by a long shot. And there's so much wrapped into that because we've talked in the past on this podcast about how you don't want to fall into the fallacy of overconfidence where you know the guy, so you're going to trade up and, and you trade up and you give away resources to draft an edge player or to draft the tackle because generally speaking, within you know 10 or so picks, the, the tackle that you pick just may not be as good. It's about a 50-50 shot between the next one in that same kind of talent level. But with quarterbacks, the whole thing has changed. And this is why I think in that trade simulator, the Niners do end up kind of winning the trade more often than not, simply because the value you get from a quarterback impacts your team so much so that that really is one of the few times it is okay to trade up and you should be able to trade up. Now, I think that, that the trading up thing makes sense. I don't think it's too rich of a trade. I think it's it's effectively the going rate for quarterbacks now. And having a fair bit of certainty at two is is good. Or I'm sorry, at three uh, is good. It, it, because even if you get a quarterback that's like, I don't know, around the same as Jimmy Garoppolo, you're just getting him for a lot cheaper. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think the fact that you're getting a quarterback on a rookie contract like can't be really overstated, right? Like that is the most valuable thing that you can have on an NFL roster as a quality quarterback on a rookie deal. And I think that, um, look, I don't know how much you want to get into this for, for this specific pod, but I, I don't think it's out of the question that they get some value back for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I know he's got the no trade clause in there, so he essentially is going to have to kind of sign off on, on any sort of trade, right? Um, no, yeah, but exactly. If you can get any sort of pick back, right? You only gave up a two to get Jimmy in the first place. So, um, the the if you can get something back for him, then you know that that helps out in this overall compensation that we're talking about there. But, um, yeah, when when you can now take like if we assume that Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer on the roster and and that cap space is freed up, you again you can can take that money and spread it on other parts of the roster, right? And you have now we know that we're going to have this quarterback for five seasons at a cost-controlled rate. And, and so that just gives you five seasons of cap flexibility to be able to spend extra money at other positions. I don't think the Niners will trade Jimmy this year for anything less than a first. Or let me, let me, well, let me ask you the question. What would it take for you to trade Jimmy Garoppolo right now? Is it just getting the second back? W- would it need to be a first? Would you no. do it for a third rounder? Yeah. What, what would you trade away Jimmy Garoppolo for? Yeah, I, I think if you can, even if you get a third, right? I think um, 
if you assume his value, like, I don't know, I guess you, the, the question is whether his value is higher now than it was when, when the 49ers traded for him, right? Like when the 49ers made the trade, he's still in the rookie deal. He hadn't assigned, like signed his new big contract yet. And he was largely um, projection, right? Like it, it was largely you're you're taking a chance on a young player that's not too much different than just making a draft pick because he had so few NFL snaps. I don't know that his value is higher now. Like we at this point, we have several seasons now of him with significant playing time that has been okay at times and and not so great at other times. And then obviously you have the the fact that he just hasn't been able to stay on the field consistently. And I think that's going to depress his value a little bit in the minds of some teams. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. That, that I think if you can get a second back, absolutely. You're doing that immediately with, without thought, I would probably still take a third round pick for him. I think the Niners keep Jimmy Garoppolo for another year. I think that, that, he, that they're going to play him this year. They're going to start him for 16, 17 games and I think even with Garoppolo playing at like, you know, 10, 12-ish best quarterback in the NFL, this is still a, a playoff level team that can make the playoffs. I think they're going to go the Smith-Mahomes route. They're going to sit this quarterback for a year, and then next year they're going to, you know, tr- hopefully Garoppolo improves his stock. And if he does indeed make the playoffs and take them to the playoffs, and maybe if they even get to the divisional game. Now, you know, do you think his stock would be higher at that point? Or do you think it would be higher now? Um, because I think teams would look at the Niners and say, "Look, we know that you are either gonna, you know, start your your rookie um, and and potentially cut Garoppolo, or you know, like the, at, at this point, I think the Niners have less leverage and they have the cap space to keep them both. I think they're probably gonna keep both on the roster and start Garoppolo, curate the curate, uh, really get the uh, the rookie ready over the course of a year, and then and then pull the Mahomes next year." Yeah, I think it kind of depends a little bit who they take. Um, and and I think it's also like, uh, it, it's definitely assuming the more positive outcome for Jimmy that he can even be in the 10 to 12 best quarterback conversation, right? Like if he's out there and he's like the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, like like you're, you're, not, you're not sitting a rookie that you take third over. Like it just doesn't happen very often. I know Mahomes is obviously the most recent example, but generally guys you take, in the first round, especially at the top of the first round, you're not taking them there to sit, right? And and they're going to come in and and you know be expecting to play. And so I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know that Jimmy can hold on. And who knows, like even if um they they keep him around, which yeah, I, I certainly don't think that's out of the question, right? I'm not saying that they need to look to to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo at any cost and and just like get him off the roster immediately, right? Like that that they don't have to be, uh in a spot where they need to like rush to that decision. So they, they can certainly play the waiting game a little bit, try and, and, and trot him out there, you know, for part of the season. And who knows, like if he can even stay healthy and, and if you're going to be forced to start the rookie at some point anyway, who knows if he will play well, right? If he, again, if he comes in, he's like a, an average below average quarterback, like how long are you realistically going to be willing to sit that rookie on the bench that you took third overall? Like probably not too long. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. 
Who do you who do you think it's for? I mean, you're, you're kind of alluding to it, right? Depending on who you draft, right? Some quarterbacks are a bit more ready than others. I think you know we are we were completely planning on watching film this weekend to kind of slot the quarterbacks for for our purposes and for our preview show, which is still coming next week. But we, you know, at this point, the the general consensus on these picks is that Trey Lance is the toolsy guy uh, that may require a bit more seasoning, but is is going to you know have that really really top end play because of his physical tools trevor lawrence is the presumed number one pick that leaves uh, that leaves basically philson philson wilson and fields i'm just really excited david i'm really excited <laughs> uh wilson and fields uh who are really going to kind of round out the top three and then it's usually lance and then coming in at number five it's one mr uh you know squishy mac jones the mac daddy himself and and honestly it took all of 11 minutes of me being elated before I thought to myself, oh no, what if it's Mac Jones? <laughs> and and this is this is also, I mean, Chris Sims has come out and said that he thinks Mac Jones is the most pro-ready guy. You don't make a trade like this unless you think, you know, you're going to play the guy and he's the most pro-ready. And we know that Chris Sims, you know, his scar tingles every time uh, Shanahan has any kind of inkling. Uh, any time Shanahan has a fanny flutter, I think, Chris Sims, <laughs> his tattoo tingles. But Matt Mayoko said the same thing. Matt Mayoko yeah. said... That running ability, you know, athleticism is important, but he loves a but Shanahan loves a pocket passer. You know, he's not necessarily looking for the Fields athletic type of profile, um, or even the Lance athletic kind of profile. So he's he's really kind of betting on on Jones. Who do you think the Niners made this trade for? If we know their mo is, we know that one of these two guys is it, and we want to get that guy. Yeah, I, I think, um, and and we'll have more. I feel like I'll have a, a better feel of this by the time we talk quarterbacks, right? The full episode, it's been a little bit since I've watched a lot of these guys. Um, some of them, like in, in the case of Zach Wilson, like I really didn't get to see a ton of him at all. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think like my, my opinion on where I would take those guys and, and how I feel about each of them individually is, is still TBD, but it, it does feel like, I mean, Mac Jones would be, I, I think a pretty big disappointment to take at three, right? I, I think he's a guy that, um, a lot of people think could maybe even have still been there at 12. Right. Um, but it's, it's not even just Chris Sims and Mayoko that's mentioned that. I mean, um, Daniel Jeremiah had a, a comment that Mac Jones shouldn't be ruled out at, as, as a fit at three, um, friend of the pod, George Jahuri, uh, from, from PFF forecast mentioned on, on their pod today that, uh, he has it on good authority that there are people in the 49ers building that like Mac Jones, um, and, and so it's a lot of smoke here, David, there's a lot yeah, of smoke. There, there's a lot of smoke. Um, and, and I think that would be, um, a bummer because I, I think like the reason you move up to three and, and take a quarterback is because you're expecting to get a guy that has kind of elite, um, high end play, right. A upside to have that high end play. You're, you're looking for a guy that can be like the future 10, 15 year starter, right? When you're, you're giving up that sort of draft capital to pick at three, um, it, it, they need to have some distinguished traits that kind of set them apart from just a typical, even first round quarterback. Right. I, I think, um, Mac Jones, the, the, um, comparison that, that George and Eric on the forecast gave was like, you know, I think his upside is kind of like Kirk cousins, which, would make sense in a, in a from the sense of like why Shanahan might like him and and why that might be a realistic option for the 49ers at three. But man, it, like if you could slot this in here and say, 
okay, we, we know the details of the trade. Would you give this up for Kirk Cousins on a rookie deal? Like, ah, uh, man, like maybe I would, but it, but it certainly like lowers the enthusiasm that you have for the move, right? Like, yeah, it's still probably a good move because of, of the contract, but man, like it, it, it limits the ceiling that you have for that player, for that offense. And I think like, yeah, Mac Jones is just a guy that um, is is like probably going to be a solid Jimmy Garoppolo caliber type quarterback, right? When all is said and done is probably, you know, the 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 upside of his potential outcomes in the NFL. And I, I think that's just not a move that's worth um, going up for for three to take. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because the, the Mahomes-Bills-Chiefs trade wasn't for as much as what the Niners gave up. The The Chiefs gave up their, their 2018 first-round pick and then 2017 third-round pick, and then the picks that they swapped. And they jumped up from 17 to 10. They didn't have to pay as much because 10 is not as high as 3, obviously. So, it, you know, there's, there's a bit of a tax there. But this is, I think, you know, you, you think about what that, that trade means, and I think... It's it's really all of. It, I think you still win if you get Jimmy Garoppolo on a rookie deal, but if if it is for someone like Mac Jones, you just have to hope that Shanahan is right, because he's the one who's driving this train. Yeah. He's the one who's saying this this is my guy. This is the guy who I think can fit. This is the guy. This is the person that I want to trade these resources to fit in the offense. And I think my, my opinion on Mac Jones to to your point earlier is going to I think be a bit better for our episode later this week because we'll have watched. Uh, a fair bit amount of film on him and have some opinions about where he slots in with Lance and and Fields and everywhere else. Um, so I'm I'm trying to reserve my my judgment and still float on the happy waves of making this trade because to me the big takeaway is that the Niners on the Niners really understood where they were at. They understood that they were uh, better than average quarterback play away from being an every season playoff team. You know I, I think it's a little bit. Uh, naive to think that you can be in the Super Bowl every year. Even even the best teams, the, you know, the Niners and, and the Patriots were not there every year. They were in the playoffs and they got close every year. And that's what really, really good quarterback play gets you. You know, you think about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. That's why they're perennially in the playoffs, even though Pete Carroll keeps making absurd decisions uh, everywhere along that roster. It's because they have phenomenal quarterback play, so they're always in the playoff picture. The Niners understood they didn't have that with Jimmy Garoppolo. They hoped they did, but they understood that they didn't. Um, and we agree. We have agreed for some time now. And so the team was able to look at themselves and say, yeah, you know what? We need that. We need that extra juice. And now they can go get that juice. And and I'm not talking about like, you know, $25 million for a fullback kind of juice. I'm talking about the <laughs> real juice that you can get that will win you football games. Um, and that's and that's exciting. And I'm glad they made the move because I think, you know, we sometimes we get a little disappointed that they're not as aggressive as maybe we think they should be to solve this thing. Um, the quarterback position specifically. Um, and now it seems like they really are. And I'm glad they are because they need to solve it. And the rest of the team around them is really good. If, you know, if they play this really aggressively and they do end up cutting Garoppolo or trading him or something like that, you've got an extra $20 million or so to spread somewhere else. There's some really good wide receivers out there. There are still some decent corners out there. You can go and you can spend a little bit of money and still have some rolled over. And now you can pay Fred Warner. You know, so like the, it is a really, really great place to be. And I don't know that they're back at 12, even next, even with the full season of Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think they're that close and can make as much of a jump for the price that it's going to be. Cause it's expensive to jump from uh, 12 to three, but it's more expensive to jump in to get into an elite quarterback if you're at like 20. 
And and also like this type of quarterback class where we're talking about, I mean, there there legitimately could be a scenario now with the 49ers up there at three where quarterbacks go with the first four picks, right? So you don't get really a quarterback class where you have that many options that are being considered as, as potential franchise, like top 10, top five selections, yeah. even. A buddy um, of mine said, year, right? um, we, we were talking about this really quickly. He was like, you know, oh man, how do you feel? And I was like, we're getting, you know, one of the, what, we're getting, one, bring me that top quarterback. And he was like, well, the third best quarterback. I'm like, no, because it's just the third picked quarterback. It doesn't mean he's going to be the third best quarterback. Mahomes was the third picked quarterback. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it's the, you want to get in that pool, in that talent pool of the elite quarterbacks and the Niners are in that talent pool and that's exciting. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, it's exciting that they're rec- I mean, to your point from earlier, right? Like it's exciting that, um, they, they've recognized that they need to get better at this position because like, and, and we've talked about it a bunch and everybody talks about it and it's not like it's, it's that surprising, but like just to, to get an idea and like a little bit of context is like how much more important quarterback is than every other position. I mean, you look at it like wins above replacement, right? Um, even guy like non quarterbacks in, in some of their very best seasons struggle to even add a win to their team. Like Richard Sherman in 2019, number one corner in the NFL, you know, rebound season for him. That was one of the best in his career. He, he got them one win above replacement, right? Um, Trent Williams last year, number one tackle didn't even get him half a win. Whereas your top quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, a couple years ago was worth over two and a half wins, right? So like your top quarterbacks are going to get, if you hit on this pick, like just none of the other picks matter. Like it it just doesn't matter. You're going to get so much extra value from hitting on this. And so the fact that they recognize that like, look, we're not good enough at this most important position on the field. And we are going to be aggressive and, and look to go up in a class that has a lot of good options and and go out and get our guy um that's something i think to be very excited about and and again like we'll get into the specifics more and, and the specific players but you you hope that they learn their lesson from um you know from uh the solomon thomas pick and and you know kind of hopefully shanahan's had some comments that maybe what he's been looking for in a quarterback isn't you know necessarily maybe the right things that he should be looking for now and and maybe his opinion is kind of evolving in that regard and i think that would be a good sign because if he does settle for mac jones like look i think ultimately um the most important things right for a quarterback in shanahan's offense are he needs to be able to throw accurately to open receivers like that is the baseline you need to work within structure throw to the open receivers that i create because like Look, the Shanahan's offense is probably as close as you get to like a college offense in terms of the amount of open throws that are created, right? You look at somebody like Justin Fields, and and I know like a lot of people have kind of some trouble evaluating him because in that Ohio State offense, they create so many, they have, they have such good athletes on, on the outside, they create so many open throws that he just doesn't throw into tight windows very often. Like, and, and so there, there's some expectation, right, that he's going to struggle a little bit when he goes to an NFL offense and, and has to make more of those throws. Well, you go to, to, to Kyle Shanahan, and, and that's as close as you're going to be able to get to, to replicating that college environment, right? So you have all those guys to throw to. And, and so I think, like, that's number one. And then, like, the fact that, you know, I, I think, yeah, if you're, if you're having to choose between that 
and a guy that can only create with his legs or out of structure or something like that, you're like, sure, he's going to go with the guy that can move in the pocket. But once you have that kind of baseline trait, I don't think that, you know, he's going to be opposed to, to a guy that can, can move around a little bit. Yeah. And, and this, I think to your point will be a really good test of Shanahan's evolution in terms of his thinking for what he needs at the quarterback position. I, I keep coming back to something that Chris Brown said uh, a little bit ago, uh, a reply to, to one of my tweets. And he said that, you know, the, the offensive coordinator wants his quarterback or his players to run the pretty pictures that he draws up. The head coach wants to win. And if that's winning with, you know, your legs, if that's winning outside of structure, if that's winning through the air, it's it's winning. Um, and, and so your priorities change a bit when you shift from offensive coordinator to head coach. And I think this is this is going to be a true test of whether or not his priorities have shifted and changed a bit and and evolved and progressed with time. And and ultimately, I think it's it's a really exciting place to be. This is probably one of the more exciting times that I can remember, not just because I was trying to pack and move and grab all my shit, um, but because this this is legitimately a franchise-altering move. Um, and we're all going to be so excited when they draft another defensive tackle at three. I mean, basically what they've <laughs> learned is that a defensive tackle at three never fails. Never, yeah. ever fails. No, but it's, never. it's a good spot. I mean, and I think that's that's probably where, where we'll end it here because we've got film to watch and we can do uh, a bit more in-depth quarterback now that we know that this is this is real. It's no yeah. longer just like in case they trade up. It's like, which one of these quarterbacks are they going to take? And that's and that's a really, really fun place to be. So I'm, I'm excited to dig, to dig in. Uh, that pod maybe will come like Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when we get film done. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, now that we know that it's more real, we'll probably spend maybe a little bit more time on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like I, in a way like, you know, I always uh, am, am certainly more excited to go watch quarterbacks than a lot of other positions on the field. And, and so it would have still been fun, you know, even if they had stayed at 12 as we were kind of going through and doing it. But it, it would have been a little bittersweet, like watching guys getting excited about you know maybe a player or two in there yeah. and, and then just thinking like well shit they're not going to end up with them now and and so it, it's yeah it's great like i mean like you mentioned this is i, I think God, this might be the the single biggest move that this team has made since we've been doing this podcast like as far as like the the long-term trajectory right they, they just haven't been in a position um, since we've been doing this to take, I mean, I guess, I guess they were in a position at when, three. uh, at yeah, three the last was Thomas, three. right. But, but we weren't really, well, they were at nobody two. was really expecting them to take a quarterback right at that spot. I feel like the, which now we know was a mistake. Now was a mistake. Sure. But like at the time, like the, the, the hype to like take a, a quarterback there wasn't really. Oh yeah. There. Because the, the um, master plan was Kirk Cousins at that point. So, yeah. you know, it, it made a lot of sense. And so, yeah, I mean, this is like, this move, if it goes well, um, is going to be the difference between Shanahan being with the 49ers for probably a very long time and, and a, a lot of success if they find the right guy and, and probably perennial playoff contention. Um, and if they screw this up and pick the wrong guy, like this is probably what gets Kyle Shanahan fired eventually, right? Yeah, because even if even if Shanahan, I think Shanahan's a very, very good coach, but I think there is... Um... There is an expiration date on almost all coaches if they if they don't continue to produce at like Belichickian levels for twenty yep. years, right? Yep. Um, and and yeah, I think this is potentially a career defining pick for Kyle Shanahan. Who he selects here is going to make it's going to have a lot of ripple waves, uh, both in terms of legacies and in terms of team success. Because if they get this right, the Niners are right up there with perennial, I think, playoff teams. And if they get this wrong, then they're in that cycle of trying to find a quarterback again. 
Um, so, you know, no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> um, David, thank you for spending some time with me in this bunker. Uh, in, in Amongst these clothes, I'm sure you can see all the clothes behind me. Uh, it's and very I'm holding well organized, this microphone. you know? It looks very well organized, yes. Um, I am holding this microphone. I'm so scared to move because if I, like, move my hand at all, you can hear it on the the actual pod. I hope that you can't hear it on the pod. I don't know. Like, we usually I have mic stands. It, so hopefully it's fine. We usually have mic stands, like a, a mic arm on my desk. And so, like, I don't know how close to hold the mic to my mouth. Like, it's just, I, I'm so out of sorts, David. I can't, I can't <laughs> do this. I can't. I'm, I'm just excited. I don't know what to do with my hands. You're doing great. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Well, David, thanks for jumping on real quick and, and talking about the trade. Uh, thanks to all of you to, for tuning in. Uh, tune in to our breakdown of the quarterbacks. Now that this is a very, very real thing, we'll come back with our in-depth scouting reports of, at this point, basically everyone except for maybe Trevor Lawrence. But I almost feel like maybe we should also do Trevor Lawrence just in case. <laughs> because like, Probably not. That one know. seems pretty safe. Um, look, yeah. the, the scouting report that you need for Trevor Lawrence is if he's fucking there at three, celebrate. Because it's a fucking yeah. amazing and a miracle. Uh, the guy, the guy that would have gone first overall as a freshman, is is the guy that you would <laughs> <Yeah>. celebrate. <laughs> you don't, you oh, don't man. need any in depth analysis there. It's fucking awesome. Oh man! Well, David, here we go. Cheers to you, my friend. Let's do it. Let's hop on. This is the off season of hope, man. Bring it back. It's back. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. As always, go Niners. <laughs>